Hi, welcome back to the podcast. My name's Simi Lerner. In this week's discussion, we're going to use a contemporary phenomena as a metaphor for a powerful message that Rav Hirsch gives us at the beginning of this week's parasha that revolves around the topic of cancel culture, a cultural experience that people have where something that they've done in their past gets dug up and used as a metric to judge them in their new environment, to judge them as a person today based off what they did in their past. And the fact that we experience this in today's cultural climate means this message from Rav is so much more relevant because there is a danger. There is a danger. A danger that if we live in a society that finds out something we've done wrong in our past, we get crushed. We run the risk of ignoring our past. We run the risk of hiding our past, not only to others, but to ourselves. And that is a serious danger that at the beginning of this week's parasha, Rav Hirsch warns us against. But more than this, this idea that I'm describing in today's society is such a good metaphor for so many reasons. But let's begin. At the beginning of this week's parasha, Parasha Stovarim, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe teacher, before the Jews transition into the land of Canaan, the next stage of their journey, of their task, he gives them his speech. Deuteronomy is the talk that Moshe gives to the Jewish people of inspiration, of rebuke. And at the beginning of this week's parasha, the locations are mentioned, locations that we really haven't heard of before. The question is, why was it so key to concretize this last speech to the Jewish people? For Rav Hirsch, it was necessary for a very simple reason. Moshe is our teacher. Him as an individual, his bodily remains, hold no interest to us. At worst, they hold a danger. People can deify people. We know only too well how people can go ahead and do that. When they are inspired by someone, they deify them. This happens in, as once again, in society today, but also happened in ancient times. But the more than the fact that we don't want to deify Moshe, the part that we want to hold on to is his speech. The part we want to hold on to is the message he came with. So from an educational standpoint, from an inspirational standpoint of taking the Jewish people along this next stage, it is concretized by mentioning the locations, by showing that they were actual places. This gives the educational side its power that we focus on the message he gave and the locations in which he gave it to be the earthly remains of Moshe Rabbeinu, not his body, but the locations of his speech. So if we take this first idea, so we have the educational value of these locations. But there is another explanation that's given by one of the Midrashim, the Sifri, which is a Midrashic text, which describes the reason of the names of the locations because the names of the locations bring to mind the failures of the Jewish people, be it the Egel Hazav, the complaining that they did at the Yamsa for the splitting of the sea. And this is often taken as a rebuke. For Rav Hirsch, he joins the two ideas. On the one side, the educational importance of mentioning locations to be the earthly remains of Moshe Rabbeinu, not his body, but his educational value. And the fact that the names were given to reminisce, to remind them of the sins that they committed. Because Rav Hirsch says, this, we weren't at those locations, these names were given. So he proposes, maybe this is why these names were given. The Jewish people gave these locations, these names, to remind themselves of their own failings. To concretize like with Moshe in terms of his educational message, but also to concretize the sins of the areas that they failed. If we think about that, 
that's so countercultural. We don't want to concretize our failings, the areas which we didn't live up to our own values. We feel that that should sort of go to the ether, that should dissipate, that should go away. But that wasn't the message that the Torah is giving us. The Torah is telling us that they chose these names, these names to remind them of the areas that they failed before the transition into their next stage in life. They wanted to remember their failings. So on the one side, you have the educational importance of these locations to be the remains of Moshe in terms of our, being our teacher, but also the names themselves remind us of our need of the education. Now bringing into the front our contemporary example, our experiences are concretized as well. The nature of the internet allows nothing to go away. It's always still there. Like the Jewish people, we've named our failings. When we fail at something and we do it online, or we do it in front of other people where it is recorded online, we concretize our experience. But my point is, there is a positive message here, because that's how it kind of should be. Now, I'm not naive. You shouldn't go around telling people the way you failed. But from your own point of view, from my point of view, when I've done something wrong, the idea should be concretized in my mind. The idea of ignoring the past or pretending I didn't do something wrong is not the biblical message. The message here is combined with education to hold up your failings in front of you. And that is one side of the metaphor, the idea that it is concretized and there is a value to that. But also the other side, the way we look at our ancestors is only valuable because we recognize they fail. We recognize they fail as part of being imperfect, as part of being a human being. Today's culture and today's society has kind of lost that point. Yes, we fail at times, but failure only means that we can grow because we all fail. And forgetting that fact is going to be the detriment to our society. And that message at the beginning of this week's parasha, that we look at our ancestors, they concretized their failings by naming the locations of their last educational message to remind them of their failings, to hold it up in front of them and helping that be an orientating factor in the next stages of their life. We run a risk in today's society of hiding our past, denying our past not only so other people don't see because they've lost this idea that failure is part of life, not failure is an excuse to brand someone, to ostracize someone. Failure is a need for education, to change, not through ostracization and shame. That's not how we looked at our ancestors, and that's not how we can look at each other today. But also the fact that it is concretized, and if we pretend it didn't happen, we lose our failings as an orientating factor in our lives, as a way of orientating our lives to do better, to recognize the need to grow. If I have failed in some area in my life, and I deny it to myself, I won't grow. Yes, failure is shameful. I didn't live up to my values, and I should grow from that. But if I move into a society where I am encouraged to ignore my past, to hide my past, not only to others through fear, but also to myself, well, that is not a society we want to be part of. That is a society that needs to change. And the message of one side, the education that Moshe was giving over by mentioning the locations to concretize the importance of his educational value to the Jewish people, but also the message that the locations themselves were concretized. They were made immortal to stay with the Jewish people, to remind them of the times they didn't live up to their values. And thereby, with this push, 
of change, of education, along with the fact that you do not forget the past, allows us to go forward into the brighter and hopefully better future. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. And if you know anybody who would enjoy these podcasts, uh, please pass it on, either on WhatsApp or on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform. Thank you very much for listening.